That's right, Jack Hughes does it again. Five in a row for the Devils. Eight seconds left. It's good to be a Devils fan. Jack Hughes is a stud, and he's a devil for the next eight years, and we have another Hughes brother on the way. All that suffering is about to pay off. Welcome to The Trap, everybody. I'm your host, Bill Botch. The devils rattle off five wins in a row on the road, breaking an NHL record, 17 wins on their first 20 road games and 18 of their last 21 road games. It's incredible. If they could only figure out a way to start winning more at home, watch out. The Devils are a wagon. So the last time I left you guys, it was... um. When was it? It was after the Ranger game, I think. Or no, it was after the Carolina game. And you have to really like what you saw out of the Carolina game. The Carolina game, the Devils got outplayed flat out. No way, no two ways about it. But, like so many times that we've seen, and we've been on the other end of this, where a team scores a dirty goal in the last minute of a period. Hell, the last friggin' seconds of a period. Well, guess what? It was our time this time. So Dawson Mercer takes it to the front of the net, scores a grimy goal. Love to see it. Exactly what the Devils need. Um, And then Jesper Boquist scores right after that. We score two quick goals. We tie the game. Going into the third period, we have all the momentum, and we pull out. Uh, a great win versus a really, really good Carolina team who's super hard to come back against. I mean, their thing is playing with a lead. They play extremely um, – their structure is is amazing, and they play really responsible game. So to come back from them, it's a big deal. It really is. That's That was a real gutsy performance. And um, – and then we went on our West Coast road trip. So we started off in Anaheim. We completely dominated. We dominated Anaheim. Now, what has been a problem for the Devils was we weren't getting any secondary scoring. But that doesn't seem to be the case. So you have to like what you've seen. I mean, Mercer, the whole Mercer, Sharangovich, and um, Mercer, Sharangovich, and Boquist were literally nowhere to be found for a good month and a half, maybe two months. And they switched the lines up a little bit, and now you have Boquist playing with McLeod and Mercer, and it looks like they got a little chemistry. You might have something there. They have clearly um, been feeling each other, and that line is really starting to drive play. 
Boquist looks much better. I've been very hard on Boquist. He's playing good. He's forechecking really good. Um, but he's had he's had two goals now in his past couple games, and he's starting to look like a different player. He's playing with a like a little bit more swag, and I think that's what he needs. He seems like he's a very cerebral player to where it, he gets in his head a little a little much. If you remember the end of last year, Boquist played really good. Down the stretch, they were all meaningless games, but down the stretch, Boquist actually put together a pretty solid end of the season. Um, so, and Mike McLeod, I've also I was super critical of him going into the year, and he hasn't produced a ton of points, but he's playing with a lot of speed and he's driving play. He controls the puck. He skates with the puck on his stick a lot more than you would expect from uh, someone who maybe doesn't have the hands or the skill. Uh, that you know, he what he does is he uses his speed and his size. And he, there's a lot of skating around the back of the net when it comes to Mike McLeod and taking it wide and coming out to the blue line. But it's been working, and he hasn't been taking the stupid penalties that he's been known for. So you have to be happy with what you've seen out of McLeod. One thing with McLeod is he skates with his head down, and for his sake, I hope nobody catches him because he. I you catch he ends up he pulls out in front of his own net or he pulls into the neutral zone and he's going a million miles an hour but his head is staring down at the puck and I worry about somebody coming and cleaning his clock one of these days if this was the 90s he would have he would have got laid out by now but it's a different game and I hope it doesn't happen because he has played really well um Dawson Mercer is starting to look like the Dawson Mercer that we all know and love you know, those goals, the goal that he had in Carolina was a really, it, it was important in a lot of different ways. It, it showed that we have so much skill that we like to play on the outside and we like to move the puck around. But sometimes you just have to go to the front of the net and take it to the net and score a gritty goal. And that's what he did. He had the beautiful goal where he drove to the net and went flying through the air. He really, I mean, that's going to be his game. He's going to be a guy that is going to score a lot of dirty goals, and I love a good dirty goal. And I love, I love dirty girls. Dirty girls and dirty goals. Sign me up. Not really. but um, So you have to like what you've seen out of him. Now, Yegor Sharangovich was a guy who I was kind of getting on. He hasn't been producing. He just doesn't look like he's skating with any kind of effort. And then... They switched up the lines. They put him on uh, a, the wing with Hughes the other night after they demoted Halla. He had a great play along the boards that led to a goal right away from Jack Hughes. So that was encouraging. Halla, obviously, it's it's not, you know, let's talk about Halla and Wood. It's not snake bitten if it's half a season. Now, you could be unlucky, but at some point, you are what you are. And Halla obviously only has, what is it, two goals in the season? Three, maybe two, I think. You have to, you can't, you can't just put him on the wing with Hughes. And I know Hughes likes playing with him because he does a lot of the dirty stuff that Jack might not want to do. But you, you can be, you can put somebody else on Jack's wing that could seriously produce some points. And, you know, they moved Halla down to the third line, and maybe it took a little pressure off of him because he scored a goal literally, I don't know, 10 minutes later. So 
I thought that maybe they would run with Halla on the third line again, but they didn't. They put him out, and he played on Jack's wing today versus San Jose, um, which the game today, it was, I mean, the Devils were were outclassed for the first period and a half. And Reimer was playing pretty good, and Vitek played pretty good too. And um, they turned it on. And for them, they take a stupid penalty. Too many men on the ice with three and a half minutes left in the game. You're thinking that's it. Bad penalty, which we'll get into. But they end up scoring a goal with eight seconds left in the game and squeak out a win in a shootout. They're amazing. It's amazing. I mean, you have to be impressed with... They double-shifted Jack Hughes in the three-on-three, which at three-on-three, three, I mean, all right, you got like you got Connor McDavid. You, got, you have a handful of people, literally, that are in the same conversation or that you are, might be better on the ice than Jack Hughes on three-on-three. Three. He is turning people inside out, literally. But, man, him and Brat, they had so many scoring chances. They were moving the puck around. It looked beautiful, and they weren't able to put it away. Vitek Vanacek played amazing, which Vanacek looks like the Vanacek when we were on our 13-game heater. So he fell off a little bit during our, our losing streak, and he looks like he's got his game back, and he looks good. Um, and so did Mackenzie Blackwood. Mackenzie Blackwood played in the game on Saturday night versus the Kings, and he was amazing. He won the game for us. Real quick about San Jose's game. You have to love what you saw out of Nico Heischer today. Nico Heischer, like, it felt like he was willing that team to win. He really grabbed the bull by the horns, and he dominated the game. And it was it was the perfect timing because – Jack did not have such a great game. And Nico grabbed the bull by the horns, and he was he was really, really dominant today. Um that was I was and you gotta think Palat is he's ready too. You come off of an injury like that, um, it's gonna take you a while to get back into game form and game shape and get up to speed with the game. Palat's Palat's do. Don't be surprised if in the next couple of games Palat starts netting some goals especially if Heischer's going to play that way. And Tatar had a rough game, but he ended up, at the end of the game, he freaking put it all out there. He got into a fight in the three-on-three, which you don't see very often. He's lucky he didn't take an extra penalty, which the Devils got away with. I would say there was two calls that the Devils got away with. He he had a trip where he stuck his skate out, and he tripped a guy in three-on-three in the offensive zone. Um, The Devils got away with a couple calls today. But... um, but Mackenzie Blackwood looked really good versus the Kings, and he hadn't played in a while, and he knew he was going to be under some scrutiny if he didn't come out and look his best, but he he was dominant. And Jack Hughes has just been a force, total force. The game versus Anaheim, the Devils dominated right from the beginning. It was 3 nothing in the beginning of the game. They never looked back. Very, very impressive road trip so far. And today was just a special kind of win. It was. And these are the wins where they're going to have a couple days. They don't play again until Thursday. They're going to have a couple days to rest 
because it's been a pretty busy schedule for them. And they're going to go out to dinner. They're going to be on a road together. They're going to be feeling good about themselves. And it's going to build camaraderie. They're going to get even closer as a unit. And I, these road trips, when you're winning and you have success like this and you're pulling pulling rabbits out of a hat, I think it goes a long way with a young team because it's them learning how to win, literally. So um, you couldn't be happier. Now, on the other hand, you got a guy that I am a little concerned about, a couple guys, so we're going to touch on a couple people. Miles Wood. Miles Wood is a heart and soul New Jersey devil through and through to the core, no doubt about it. Um, a guy that'll stick up for his teammates. He's a he's a, a, a t- good teams need players like him, without a doubt. But he's got like one goal in his last twenty seven games. He's not playing as physical as he used to. He looks a step behind. Now coming off of a hip surgery where you missed an entire year in any sport. A hip surgery is literally like the worst. That's the worst injury you can get. And he looks like he lost a step. And then my concern is he's always relied on that step. His speed, his straight line speed, mind you, is like that is what he was, that was what made him different. And it looks like he's behind the play. And that concerns me because he gets paid a pretty decent amount of money. I don't think that they can re-sign him next year at anything close to what he's being paid now. And the guy takes way too many stupid penalties in his own zone. Way too many. It's one thing if you are trying to hold a puck in and you get beat and you have to trip a guy so it's not a breakaway or a two-on-one or, you know, like desperation mode. Sticking up for a teammate that gets hit, and you go in there and you and you show them that you're not going to get pushed around. But to take a stupid play, uh, a stupid penalty, an offensive zone that kills the momentum of your team is unacceptable. And he does it a lot. He does a lot of stupid plays. He's not a smart hockey player. So he he has been a concern of mine. Um. Like I said, I'm really happy with the way Jesper Boquist has played because he was a guy that I was very concerned about. I w- now, they brought in Nolan Foote, and Zetterlin and Holt have been watching games from the press boxes. So I actually thought that Alex Holt played pretty good the last couple games that he played up in the NHL, and apparently, you know, the team thought otherwise, and they sent them they sent them. Um, they made him healthy scratches the past couple of games. I don't, I don't know if that's the smartest thing. Like in my opinion, I want to see a seventh overall pick with a shot like that. Who's been a world class talent since he's been about fourteen years old. I want to see him on a line with Palat and Hughes again. So, this is my thought process. You are asking for consistent play from him, and you want to see him drive play, and when he plays in the AHL, he plays with the most talented players on the ice, on the top line, and he scores goals, and he's great in the AHL. 
and you think to yourself, well, he's too good for the AHL, but he's not good enough for the NHL. That's the thought process right now. But in reality, you're asking him to be consistent and you're asking him to drive play and to be a difference maker and be a responsible player, but you're not putting him in a consistent position. So it's not fair to ask someone to be consistent if he's going to play on a different line every time he plays or he's going to go from driving play and scoring goals in the AHL and playing with skilled players and then you bring him up and you put him in the NHL and you throw him on a fourth line and you ask him to play a good defensive game. And that's it. I don't, and then you yo-yo him back and forth from the press boxes to to starting. So I think I think that he's like mentally a very strong kid, which I brought up before. So that is, we have that on our side. But if you look at what Halla has been doing on Jack's wing, it's really nothing. And I know Jack likes playing with him, but I would seriously consider giving Holt maybe a dozen games, 15 games, regardless of what the hell happens. You throw him out there. You let him learn through his bumps and bruises and see if he makes any progress and give him a real chance. He's never going to get it if you keep pulling him up and sending him back and then play him on the third line, and then play him with Jesper Boquist, and then we're going to put you on a line with McLeod, and we're going to put you out there for five and a half minutes in a game, and, uh, yeah, don't give up any goals. Or It's like, it's not his game. What are you doing? Like That's never going to work. So I would like to see them play him on a line with, with, um, with Hughes, the H2O line, and it's like, what... It could just be another bullet in our gun. You play Hall on the third line where he belongs, and you might have something. Now, Fabian Zetterlin hasn't been in the lineup. He's another guy. You expected Holtz and Zetterlin to both be on the team this year and both be contributing, and they're not. So Nolan Foote, he actually played really good versus Anaheim. He played decent versus Los Angeles. I didn't really see too much of him today. He kind of disappeared today, which is fine. But Zetterlin, you were given the benefit of the doubt, dude. Like, there's no reason that you should not be in the lineup right now. If Nolan Foote is beating you out for your position, that's a problem. You got to look in the mirror. And Holtz, I mean... I, I, couldn't, I don't even know what he's probably thinking. Now, Nikita Ohutuk has been playing instead of Kevin Ball. And damn, this kid looks good. And going into the season, I was big on Ohutuk. I kind of wanted Ohutuk over Ball, but I thought Ball played better in the preseason. Um, but I like Ohutuk's game. He's been, he plays a very physical game. In the AHL, he plays a lot more physical than he does in the NHL. I think a lot of it is because he doesn't want to get caught out of position, which I respect. Sometimes you have to play this play smart. But in the past three or four games, you could tell he's starting to step up on people. He's starting to catch people with their heads down. He's really tough in front of the net. He's scrappy as shit, and he's looking for a problem to where, hey, at the end of the game, if you're winning 6-3 to three and teams are starting to come out and – you get Brendan Lemieux on the ice taking runs at people and stuff. 
he's not a bad guy to have on your team. You get Jacob Truva out there trying to take people's heads off in the center ice. Ohuta could do the same thing. I think he's played really well. He's young. He skates good. He's got a good outlet pass. He's been he's been legit. I also think that Graves has definitely stepped his game up. He came off of that weird injury where it looked ugly. I didn't think he was going to be back. And uh, sure enough, he is. And it took him a couple games to kind of get back on track. But since then, uh, he had like a rough two or three games. But since then, I think he looks really good. He's blocking a ton of shots. He's obviously crushing and plus minus. Um, he he just looks like a solid. He's playing he's playing physical too. He just looks like a, such a solid defenseman. And the Devils aren't going to be able to resign him next year. And he's going to walk, and we're going to miss him. We're going to miss him and Severson. And I know the Big Tickle brought it up on the last podcast is you're going to feel a little bit of growing pains when you have Nemitz and Hughes come in. It's only going to be for a short period. But when you when you lose two veteran defensemen, you're going it, it trust me, we're going to feel it a little bit. Now, Nemitz looks like he's cooking in the AHL really he looks like he's getting primed. So he's got nine points in his last 10 games coming off of the World Juniors. Luke Hughes' season will be ending in Michigan sometime in April, and he'll be joining the team. It looks like Marino is he's traveling with the team, and he's in, a, he's in practice, but he's in a non-contact jersey. But either way, once we get Marino back, and you could tell his game fell off a little bit before he was out with this injury. I think he was playing hurt. Um, but Marino is obviously, he was our best defenseman for the first, you know, month and a half of the, of the season. So it'll be nice to have him back. We have Nate Bastion who also took the trip with us, who has been practicing in a full contact Jersey. Now, I don't think they bring Nate on this trip if they don't expect him to play in Seattle. And I expect him to play in Seattle because Seattle was a team. They waived him. They flat out cut his ass. And the Devils have a pretty, there's a love affair between Nate Bastion and the New Jersey Devils. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the the Devils wanted to let Nate show the Kraken what they missed out on. I'm curious to see if when Bastion comes back, if they, if they get that BMW line back or if, McLeod and Boquist and Mercer are still humming if they leave them together. Now, I got involved in this podcast stuff because it was my dad's idea, actually. I could talk hockey all day. I have a great time doing it. And it's fun, and it's really fun when the team is playing as good as they are. This has been incredible. I mean, I, I thought they were going to be good. I actually picked them to come in third in the Metro. But um, this season has been has really been great. And you could tell by the ticket prices. Ticket prices are going through the roof. I'm a season ticket holder. And for years, I was upside down. So I would buy the tickets. I would be able to get them off the secondary market cheaper than what I'm paying for them. Now, for the first time in like forever... The tickets are actually worth more than what I paid for them. I go to all the games, but 
it's good to see like people are showing up and shout out to all the devil fans that were in California representing our team. You could see it on TV. You could hear it on TV, the Let's Go Devils chants. I mean, you guys showed up in Anaheim. That was a serious crowd. And Devils are slowly starting to build a, uh, I don't know if they're building it, but fans are coming out of the woodwork, and I love to see it. Because there's a lot of people who grew up who were in their 40s or late 30s and watched the Devils win those Stanley Cups when they were kids and were big Devils fans and kind of might have fell off the train because we had a pretty long stretch of not-so-good hockey and they're excited again. And welcome back. I mean, I hope everybody by now has seen that little video that Emily Kaplan put out for ESPN. I mean, you have literally ESPN who used to not even, I mean, they didn't cover the NHL, but you couldn't even get this uh, a hockey score on ESPN. And now they're doing many, uh, you know, documentary things on the Devils. It's pretty cool. So I went out and I got this um I got this new mixer. And I'm working on this podcast studio in my house cuz I'm starting to have fun with it. I didn't even I didn't even have the podcast on Apple Podcast until this week. And I'm like reading it's like 70% of the people that listen to podcasts are are through um Apple Podcast. It's so funny. But um yeah, so I we're work, working on this podcast studio. And I buy this like really sweet piece of equipment and we have all this stuff going on and I got to find someone to work it. So I know this guy, he's a big devil's fan, like huge devil's fan. Um, and I hit him up and he was like kind of interested. So I said, why don't you come over and we'll record this first episode together. And he was like, okay. So he's like, he's like an audio engineer. <clears throat> so he's going to like kind of sit in and he's going to work the board and we're going to chat and stuff like that. Um, and he's going to be a part of the podcast moving forward. So and we got the big tickle too. Who's also going to be a part of the podcast, but so let me introduce him. This is my next guest. New part of the show. Big devil's fan. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Satan. We actually have Satan here. Hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. How's it going, man? It's going good. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Typical Monday. Uh, it was nice to watch the Devils game at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was good. So, uh... So, uh, what, what do we have in store for today? I don't know. I figured I would just, you know, get you on here, introduce you to the audience, and ask you a couple questions so they get to know you, and then if you ever just want to hop in during a segment or something, you could just, you know, feel free. Okay. What do you, what do you got for me? So, um, how, how did you get into sports, anyway? Well, uh, my family was a big baseball family growing up. 
Ty Cobb really got us into the game. Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson. But then we became football fans right around the time. Uh, O.J. Simpson was our favorite. Pac-Man Jones, Aaron Hernandez. But we really fell in love with hockey when Maurice the Rocket Richard uh, clubbed one of the referees with his stick and it created a riot in the Montreal Forum. You ever hear about that? No, no, I don't think I have. Yeah, it was crazy. It was back in the 60s and uh, Maurice Richard was like a god in Montreal and they were going to throw him out of a playoff game and he literally took his stick and smashed a referee in the head with it and he got suspended and the city of Montreal burned down. Oh my God, that's crazy. Um, wow, so that is what got you into hockey? Like, that seems strange. Yeah, well, you know, things are weird down here. Um, there's not a lot of hockey players in hell, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm assuming just the temperature and stuff. I mean, you don't get too many hockey players down there, huh? No, but you see, like what Austin Matthews did in Arizona, and then our, our buddy Jack Hughes is from Orlando. I mean, it's pretty hot down there. True, true. That's a good point. So do you have any uh, favorite players on the team right now, or do you own any Devils jerseys or anything? No, I can't really fit into a Devils jersey. I have this giant torso that jerseys can't fit over, and then I have these like little chicken legs. It's really embarrassing. I'm very self-conscious about them. Um, but I am a big Fabian Zetterlin fan. He looks like he could be like a distant cousin of mine, so <laughs> we're, we're, we're big Zeddy fans around here. Yeah, Zetterlin is a crazy-looking dude. He's got that crazy look in his eye for sure. Um, interesting. You can't fit into a jersey. Huh. No, you see, like, I have this, like, really wide upper body, and then it gets really, like, kind of narrowed down by my hips. I have to wear, like, sweatpants everywhere. It's really just a, it's not a good look. Well, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know some people at The Rock. Maybe we could get the team store to put together something special for you or something. Wow, I like, okay, okay, I'm up for that. That would be really cool. Thanks, man. You got it, dude. Well, um, listen, you have carte blanche. Do you ever just want to hop on and just let your thoughts be known? Feel free. And, um, and I'm looking forward to having you be part of the show. Thanks, dude. Thanks for, uh, thanks for volunteering for this. You know I can't pay you. Ah, uh, it's all good. Your money's no good down here, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Well, um, with that said, we have, uh, yeah, that, that's, um, that's, what do you want to be called? You want to be called Satan or the devil or? Bob. Bob. My friends call me Bobby, so you can call me Bobby. Bobby. Sounds good. Done. Okay, so, uh, so yeah, so the Devils have rattled off five in a row. We have a game on Sunday versus Pittsburgh. Then they have a game, well, they have a game on Thursday versus Seattle, but they have, then they have a, they come back home, they play versus Pittsburgh. Um and they play versus the Vegas Golden Knights. And then you got a couple games that you should, you got to clean up here. In this stretch through February, you have to clean up. You got to you gotta beat the Predators. You got to beat the Canucks. You play the Kraken at home. You play Columbus. You play the Blues. You play the Canadians. You play the Kings at home. You have to win these games. Um, 
because March is going to be very tough, which if you want to go through the schedule, I did this all on like episode three or four or something like that, but it's going to be, it's going to be really tough. So you want to get that, you want to get that lead in the standings to where if you drop a couple, you're not going to be hurt. Now the devils are only one point behind Carolina right now, one point. And we just took a six point lead on the Rangers. So these wins have been huge for us. Huge. We we've, you know, it was it was crazy. We're seven two and one in our last ten, and we won five in a row. We came off that losing streak, and we kind of we got our shit back together. We look pretty good. We look really good. Do you know who looks really good? Do you know who looks really good? The New York Football Giants. What a win yesterday for the New York football Giants. You got to be happy for those guys. It's been a long time. Daniel Jones is the real deal. Everybody hated on Daniel Jones. You never heard a peep out of him. He never talked back one time. The guy is the heart and soul of the New York Giants. Love to see it. First quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300 yards, rush for 75, and have two touchdown passes. Huge win. Giants are back, baby. Saturday night in Philadelphia. I can't wait. My name is Bill Botch. Thanks for checking out the Trap Podcast. Be sure to share it. Make sure you hit subscribe. Devils are on a heater. All is good in the New York metro area. Let's go. Have a good night. It's gonna be awesome.